Hello, welcome back to Conspiracy Theories with me, Joanna. Today we're going to be talking about MH370, that is Malaysian flight MH370, which was lost in March 2014, five years ago. And we're going to go a little bit in depth about it, give you guys some facts about it. And then I'm going to talk to you guys about a theory that I found a few days ago. Back in 2014, eh, around March, early March, I'm sure you've all, uh, I think if you aren't living under a rock, you've heard of this. Um, I was only 14 at the time, and even I might actually know 13. I was 13 at the time, and even I myself heard of this, so I'm sure everyone else has. So in 2014, the Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 was scheduled uh was a scheduled international passenger flight operated by Malaysia Airlines. And um, yeah, it was scheduled on March 8th, 2014. It was flying from Kuala Lumpur International Airport to its de destination in Beijing, Capital International Airport. So um, what happened to this? So basically the, the plane got lost. We have no idea where it is. We have found a few pieces of it here and there, but other than that, it is for sure, if, if we're sticking to facts, not a theory, we would say, I mean, it obviously was completely destroyed 100% to a million pieces because how does a plane like this, even of this size, just disappear and you never hear from anything. You don't find people, you don't find the whole plane. Not a little piece, which I don't know how far they went into the investigation of those, but I'm sure it could be even from any other plane. Like it's, it's just, you know, it's complicated. So the location where it, the last time they've seen it or where they think it's lost, it's in the Indian Ocean. Like I said, it happened on March 8th, 2014. And um, it, like I said, it's unknown. So let's get a little bit into who, who was in it, the passengers, pilots, etc. So who was in this flight? How many people were there? What are the details? So obviously overall there was 227 passengers of like people boarding the, like people on board of the flight. Uh, five, five children who the 10 flight attendants had to take care for. So these were children who their parents weren't there. So they was just by themselves and they have to, you have to wear your documentation and things like that. So five of those children, 227 passengers, 10 flight attendants, and then the two pilots. Uh, one of the pilots was a trainee. The other pilot was a, was a, was an old, uh, used to his job, very professional person. Um, it was said to be one of the, like the senior ones at the, at the company with Malaysia. So the young one, the trainee, he was a 27-year-old Farik Hamid. Uh, like I said, this was a test flight for him. So I'm guessing for when you try to get your license for being a pilot, you have to do a certain amount of test flights, being supervised, supervised kind of like when you're driving, except this is way complicated. But yeah, this was the last flight to that he needed to be certified. And of course, well, that never happened. And the second pilot was the pilot in command or his supervisor, which was a 53-year-old named Sahari Ahmad Shah. So how did this happen? What is the timeline and how does it go? Well, the the flight was the flight left um, at 12:42 a.m. It was a very quiet night. 
or it was said to be a quiet night. Uh, so this already is like, okay, you know, and because of how it happened so soon or how the plane got lost so soon, you'll see, um, you know, I'm sure the weather had nothing to do with it. So it was a 12.42 a.m. It was a quiet night and it was leaving from Kuala Lumpur International Airport. Then at 1.01 a.m., Sahari radioed the supervisor, like the people that basically they have to call back to report, the people that are trafficking and doing all this in the air. Um, they, he mentioned that they had leveled off at 35,000 feet. Now, while doing research, this was kind of odd to them because usually as a pilot, I don't, I'm not a pilot myself, but the, what the articles that I read said that um, you're supposed to say or it's routine for you to say the elevation you are leaving, not the elevation you're arriving at. Of course, this is not a big problem per se. I mean, if, if he had done many flights and they were successful and he, this was his way of doing his thing, then that was it. But it's just a little note there that, I mean, you're supposed to say, oh, we're, um, we're leaving 35,000 feet. Now we have now just leveled off at 35,000 feet. I, I think it goes to show a little bit of everything is just a little bit twisted. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. I find it kind of weird. Then, so at 1.01 a.m., the plane had reached the 35,000 feet. Then at 1.08 a.m., the flight crossed the Malaysian coastline and it set south China in direction of Vietnam. He then reported again that the elevation was 35,000. Uh, then they were asked to check in at a different frequency, but everything sounded normal. So they call them in. They say, okay, I'm logging out. Good night. Check into this frequency, which, which it was with someone with the, I think it was Chinese, with the Chinese um, raider. They said check in with them instead of checking in with us. We're going to wait. Good night. Um, they don't repeat the frequency. So they say the frequency, whichever the number it was, what it was like one, two, three, four, let's say. And then the pilot's supposed to reply, okay, one, two, three, four. That's the frequency I'm checking in. Good night. They didn't reply the frequency they were checking into, but they said good night and the, but they say, they said good night and the audio sounded completely fine. So the, um, operator said, okay, that's fine. I'm sure they listened because the audio was perfect. So where where that's it. They never once again checked in with anybody after that. So when does it start to disappear? Five seconds after MH370 crossed into Vietnamese airspace. Five seconds in. A symbol representing their transpond transponder, which is a like a it's the location identification. So it's kind of like it shows in navigation system what plane is which. And then, so if you're flying and you see a radar and then says, okay, that's um, MH370. So five seconds after that, it disappears off of that radar. So it says that the plane's um, navigation is not there. Then 30 seconds later, the entire plane disappears from the secondary radar. Then 39 minutes after takeoff. This is at 1.21 a.m. from the 1.42 a.m., from the 12.42 a.m., correction, uh, from when they took off. So 39 minutes after, the old controller realized traffic on the radar. radar. So he's, he's seen and he's like, okay, there's traffic. But because at this point, it's not his responsibility anymore to check in with them because they're supposed to check in with the other person, 
He doesn't say anything. But this is 39 minutes after he realized, oh, there's, I mean, there's someone on there. But because he's locked off, it's someone else's job and he can't do anything about it. It's beyond his range. Then, um, obviously, he doesn't contact the other person. So there is the, that possibility right there of, oh, there, there could have been another plane that they crashed into. But another plane didn't disappear. It was just that one. So the Vietnamese controllers then see that MH370 crosses their airspace but then disappears from the radar. Then it is lost. It is lost and we are at the point where we are now where we don't know where it is. Then the next morning, that's when they started to do the rescue or intended rescue and exploration trying to find the plane. There was an international effort to find the plane. There was 34 ships and 28 aircraft from seven different countries. So everyone said, okay, let's try to find this. Now, slowly as they go, they, they find more information, of course. Not information of where it is, but there is information, information towards where it could be, what it did, or if it was information, just, you know, in general information to give that where it would indicate what happened to it. Something like hijacking. There's a lot of theories that the pilot killed himself. There's theories that the plane landed in the middle of the ocean and that it sunk down. There is uh, theories that the plane was abducted by aliens. A very interesting theory because, I mean, it could happen. I'm not saying I believe in aliens. I don't know how true they could actually be that they happened to take them, but... There's theories that it went into a different dimension. There is many theories you can look into that are very interesting. But today I found one that's, uh, it's not long at all. It's just a, like a question. But uh, yeah, so they started to look for it, right? And then everyone comes out with their own conspiracy theories. And the truth that comes out says that the Malaysian Air Force data revealed that as soon as MH370, the plane, disappeared from the secondary radar, this was when the when it went into Vietnamese um, controllers, and they were like, "Oh, it's oh, it's here," and then it disappeared. Right? That's the last time they saw it. Um, it turned sharply to the southwest, flew back across Malay Peninsula, and banked around the island of Penang. Then it flew northwest up the Strait of Malacca, and out across of Andaman Sea where it faded beyond radar range into obscurity. After that, there was no radar for it to be caught on, and that's when the last, there's no more of it of where it went. Now, that part of the flight, which is not part of the flight, like the flight was supposed to go direct. If you look at the map and you Google it, you see the intended destination and you see you just fly. It's a direct flight. But the, the pilot or whoever was one of the pilots that was controlling it at this point, because we know, of course, we could say, oh, it was the 53-year-old. But then by this point, it's it's like, did that happen? You know, like, is, him, is, it, is it him driving? Is it him, not driving, but is it him piloting the plane? Whatever it was, whoever it is, whoever was the person that, that started driving, they did turns and went everywhere but the location they were supposed to go to. So... That part of the flight itself took more than an hour to accomplish, accomplish, and suggested that 
it wasn't a standard hijacking because when you hijack a plane, it goes to a specific location. It go oh, it just it switches locations. It doesn't go 15 different places and then it disappears. It has a purpose of being hijacked. Now, it also wasn't an accident or a pilot suicide scenario that anyone encountered before. So from the start, the whole thing, MH370, was leading investigators into completely unexplored directions that has happened before. I mean, the reason we haven't found a plane, or, or at least not found a plane, but found out what happened to the plane, is because it is completely different than it has ever happened before. So, now to my theory. A few days ago, um, well, I follow because I'm interested in conspiracy theories and all that. I'm constantly looking up things like that, right, of that matter. So I follow the subreddit uh, Mandela Effect on Reddit. And someone posted this a few, uh, day ago. And they go on to talk about, or the title of it is, Y'all Know the Island West of Australia Theory, right? Um, you can look it up and see if you can find it. And they'll show you the links I'm going to mention or the things I'm going to talk about. It's very short and simple, but it's, 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 it's interesting. So before we start, I know there's a few people that are listening that are like, I don't believe in anything, right? And well, let me tell you about strength theory. So with strength theory, um, there are, you know, the 11 dimensions of strength theory. It's one of the things that is notable about. And it's one of the things that just questions how many dimensions is there to life? In what forms, in what um, dimensions, like as if, one dimension, two dimensions, etc. So it has to do with physical, mental, and spiritual well-beings. And it talks about all this, right? But it's a scientific theory. Like it's, it's um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a strange cor- uh, cross-cultural adaptation thing that we go through. But it's a, it's a, it's a theory. Um, I don't know how to say his name, but his name is Michio, Michio Kaku. He's talked about it a few times, and I'm sure if you look it up, you'll be able to understand a little better. But look up the multiverse and its 11 dimensions. Now, we don't know to what extent this is true. We don't know to, is it a complete, exact world of ours, but in a different dimension? You know, that's where the theories and the questions come from it. But this is a possible scientific thing, right? Theory. So, for it to be, I mean, gravity, I think, is still a theory. So, you know, it's a, it could be true. Now, now that I got that out of the way, it will make a little bit more sense. Just hold on. So the island west of Australia theory that the prod Fiji 2K mentions on Reddit. What is it? So there is this image that shows two girls in front of a globe and they are kind of doing math or like homework. Not math, but they're doing homework, probably about geography or something. But the girl spins the globe and in the picture or screenshot capture that we've all seen, um, there is an island that's not supposed to be there on the west of Australia. And that is what the Mandela effect is. It's like that, that at one point we all know this and now it's not there. Um, there's people that say they remember it. Um, it's kind of like a Mandela effect type thing, right? So it's there. Now, usually the Mandela effect doesn't apply to anything else, or at least that I know of. I, I have another theory that I might talk about or another conspiracy that I might talk about on here. 
But basically, usually the Mandela effect is like, oh, the word and Febreze changed, you know, and, it, and they're fun. But now this one captured my attention because, okay, there's an island on the west of Australia that's not supposed to be there. That's the theory. And it's left us is. Then um, this person, uh, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl, but they go on to add a few articles where they demonstrate or they show the path where the plane was going and then where the boats and aircrafts and ships and everyone is doing their research. So you click the images and the maps from the Australian government that show where they are going to do their investigation, it is 2,300 kilometers from Perth, which I, if I'm not wrong, hold on, let me double check. Perth. Yes, Perth is a city in Australia, like on the west of Australia. So right it happens to match kind of I wouldn't say ex maybe it is exactly there but kind of where in the picture from uh, 1993 you're able to see that there's an island in Australia and now in 2014 they are doing a research or a search for a plane that disappeared into nothing in that same area now this is this is how I viewed it if it's um and, and this is, hold on, the article is from the Japan Times, so they talked about it, obviously, because it involved their side of the world, and, well, because, I mean, everyone was kind of into this. The Australian Times reported on it, because that's nearby. BBC News reported on it. I mean, they show, and it shows you the map on all these places. If you look at the search map, I'm sure you can find it, and then it'll give you an idea of where the, what the picture I'm talking about is. But, anyway, my theory is, let's say that the 11 dimensions are true. There's a 26 dimension, something like that too. But let's say multi-universes and different dimensions are correct. Um, and that is what happens. If that's the case, I think that the plane somehow, some, I, we don't understand anything that happens ever, right? Even with, with everything, I don't think we know it all. But um, somehow, this all just went and happened, right? So let's say the plane somehow went into a different dimension, um, a different dimension where there is a west, uh, um, a west island on the west of Australia, which there isn't in our world, but let's say there is one there. The plane somehow manages to cross into that dimension. The plane disappears, and it would explain when the plane disappeared in the Indian Ocean. Because the place where the surge is happening is between the Indian Ocean and the Southern Ocean. It's like closer to the Indian Ocean, but it's in between that two areas. Let's say that happened, and then now we're on the search for a plane that is not there because it went to a different dimension. It sounds far-fetched, and it sounds crazy. But I think... It is a very interesting thing to think about. And I say it's interesting to think about in every single one of my podcasts. But I think this is the one time where, unexceptionally, I, I mean it. I mean, it's interesting to think about it because it's been five years since the plane was lost and we don't know anything about it. We know that the dude from the aircraft, like the, the pilot, um, we know that the pilot Sahari Ahmad, Shah, or whatever his name is. Yeah, Sahar. I'm going to stay with Sahari. The, the, the pilot Sahari was doing weird stuff with the plane. So let's say he was doing this with different intentions. And somehow, because he did that, he reached a point 
where they just disappeared. He was there at the right time. They were all there at the right time, at the right moment. And of course it is crazy, but then there is an actual theory of different dimensions. Scientific one, not like conspiracy theory, like scientific theory of different dimensions. The plane disappears, happens to uh, create a search in the exact same place where there's a picture in 1993 where there is an island that is not there. So if, I don't think we'll ever be able to prove that this, that this is the case, that there's a different reality of us. If that is the case, then wow. But if we're not able to prove, or if, if somehow we're able to prove that, then you go ahead and you prove the Mandela effect because, well, the picture is a picture from 1993 with the island there and it's not there anymore. We switched into a different dimension, let's say. And the plane went back to a different dimension where there was that um, island. So yes, I don't know. It's um, I didn't want to go. I I don't know if I went too in depth about this theory or not. But I wanted to mention it because it's, I thought it was very interesting. Like I said, this is the first time I've seen a post like this on it, and it's um yeah. I mean, some people are saying on the thing that it's a map key and it's just like company's logo and 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 things like that, but. I mean, if that is the case, and let's say it's just a map key, then what a coincidence, coincidence, what a coincidence must I say? Um, but yeah, make, you can check out the thread. It's on um, Mandela Effect. It's, it's, that's the subreddit. And then you can look up the title of it. You all know the island west of Australia. Theory, right? It'll show you the pictures and things I talked about. It is incredible. It blew my mind. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. If you want to look it up, there you go. Um, it's pretty interesting. that's it for today if you have any questions or suggestions or you want to talk to me about something else or you have you want to come on the podcast maybe and uh, talk um my email is conspiracy theory email and then at gmail.com that is conspiracy theory email at gmail.com if you have the anchor app you're able to just send me a message or anything like that but yes thank you for listening i'll see you guys until the next time and bye-bye